So today, I'm not quite sure how this episode's gonna go, honestly. It's something that we felt like we should share about, kind of because it got out ahead of us, like it got away from us. And so I just thought that it would be helpful if we had this one conversation and it's just up there for people to refer back to. Uh, Also, I hope it's encouraging to you if maybe you've walked through a time like this or, you know, God forbid something like this is in your future. Uh, But miscarriage does affect so many women and so many families ultimately. And so it's something that we thought was worth talking about today. And it's still something we're uh, in the middle of, kind of. And so I just, I feel great right now, but we'll see how this episode goes. And also, if you are sensitive to stuff like this, um, maybe you have trauma from an experience in your past or something like that, then we're going to try to be really cautious with this topic and and uh, careful with it. But um, I don't want to upset anyone either. So, you know, you know what you can handle. So we're just going to dive in. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. We were getting close to when we were going to do a podcast episode announcing our fifth baby. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, you guys. So we've been pregnant for nearly the last three months. And some of you have guessed that I've been pregnant. I've been dragging for sure as far as I've just been so tired the last three months. And we really thought we were going to be out of the woods here right about now and entering our second trimester. Uh, But that is not what God had in store for us. And what's kind of funny is we, we haven't announced this publicly anywhere. All of our other births, we announced it around eight weeks. Wow. We like told everybody as far as we made an online announcement and everything. And this one, I think we were really enjoying keeping more to ourselves and telling people in person. We didn't want to tell anybody till the second trimester and just as far as, you know, online, we just wanted to keep it to ourselves and close friends and close family. Uh, But we did tell the kids and they were thrilled, like (laughs) out of their minds, thrilled. And the news kind of spread like wildfire. So, the reason why even I feel like we should, why we wanted to make this episode today was we're probably getting asked five times a day right now um, by a, a lot of you that I've never met, um, how's the pregnancy going? And I'm always like, how do you know I'm pregnant? But it kind of got out there really fast. Um, people are really excited for us and that means a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that said though, we are no longer expecting. Yeah, this has been, it's been a bummer uh, week, uh, obviously, for that that reason in particular, really namely that reason. And uh, yeah, Katie, I think that you're going to be the one that's going to speak to this far more than I am because it's been pretty wonky what's been going on inside your body, with your body, and with uh, obviously with the body of our little baby. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Yeah, so just so you guys have some perspective, it's been... Uh, seven days ago, I started bleeding and I was like, okay, I, this is a miscarriage. Like, there's no way I can write this off as like, you know, spotting or like just the things that you hope it is if it's a little bit earlier. Uh, and we found out that we lost the baby at 10 weeks. And so I was a little, obviously the first two days I was kind of in shock 
like, is this really happening? You know, you, you want to hope that it's not. Yeah. When you came to me and said, yeah, I've got the first thing you're like, I, I, don't, I might be miscar- miscarrying. I've got yeah. light bleeding. Zero part of me believed that, that, that it was happening. I was like, there's, you're bleeding. There's got to be some other reason. Yeah. For we this just bleeding. wanted to think there was another reason. And so like, just so you guys are aware too, of like our, our history with kids and stuff, we had a, the closest thing we've come to like a miscarriage was a chemical pregnancy, which is, I guess like a very minor miscarriage in between our third and our fourth. Right. Did I get that right? I think it was between our, or no, our second. And I our, think it was between our second and third. Yeah. Second and third. Yes. So Leon and Lucy are 13 months apart. That's our first and second. And then at 13 months, again, well, what like it, what would have been a yeah. space of 13 months, I got pregnant again. And that was a little bit different than this because one, a week later we found out I wasn't expecting there was no, uh, blood, no guts, no, nothing dramatic there. Um, it just was like it vanished into thin air. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that was different about that one is we were very relieved, actually. So I didn't feel like my body was capable of carrying another baby. I was very stressed at the thought of carrying another baby. So yeah, a week later it was super sad because at that point we wrapped our minds around it. Um, but it was definitely nothing like this where you're three months in and or almost three months in and we we're just really confident that we were out of the woods. Yeah, that's why I think it was so hard for me to accept in those first couple of days that you were actually miscarrying because it just was, I was like, no, we're getting close to being done with the first trimester. You're healthy. This is, this is not how we operate. Like I was thinking just in such human terms. I was like, we, this isn't, no, we're, we're fine. To us. Like we just stopped. <laughs> like it was like, I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, we just need to like we just need to work through it. It was almost like, okay, no, just like work through it. Like, I think you're, you're probably fine. I, I didn't talk like that insensitively, yeah. but I think deep down I was like, no, just like get some sleep. See how you feel tomorrow. See what's going on. Um, because yeah, this wasn't, wasn't a part of the plan. Yeah, definitely not. And so we had, um, and if you guys, <laughs> well, I'll tell you that later. So anyways, as far as like the miscarrying, so we had the two days leading up to the miscarriage where, I was just bleeding and I was like, this just can't be good. You know, even if the baby's still alive in there, like this isn't good news for that child. And then actually we decided we had a dinner over at a friend's house and we decided to keep that appointment. We really wanted to go over and see them. And from what I could read online, again, I had no experience with this. It was like, this could take a couple weeks. And so we're like, well, we can't put life on hold completely for a couple of weeks. So we went over there, we had dinner, it was wonderful. And then right when we were getting ready to go, I like felt like I was gonna pass out and I just felt like the bleeding pick way up. Hmm. And I was like, this isn't good. Like we need to go. Oh, right before we were getting ready to leave. From, oh yeah, sorry. From their house? Yes, yes, we did dinner. And okay. then right when we were getting ready to leave, to go back home yeah. after dinner. I felt the bleeding pick up and I was like, Elisha, we like have to go right now. Mm. And was I cramping at that point? Yeah, you started cramping. I started cramping. And again, I was like, this this might last for a long time, but like, I just, I can't be here. Like I'm just picturing out, picturing being in this uh, family's home, like bleeding out in their bathroom. <laughs> like I can't do this right now. <laughs> yeah, that was actually really, when 
because I think that we had both at that point more or less accepted that we had miscarried and I, yeah, yeah, you had, I and I had at that point and I was disappointed and I, it, it wasn't like an emotional, um, like, like this. Yeah. It wasn't like this grief for like my child emotion. It was more of like personal disappointment. Like, Oh, I was really looking forward to like my fifth child. You know, I was, the kids were so excited about their younger sibling. Like we were picturing ourselves as a family of five for the last three months. Like we're talking about our car situation and where kids are going to sleep. And like, it just seemed like such a done deal in our minds because again, everything was progressing like, you know, a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Well, and even and in we addition had to that, late term miscarriages. Yeah, exactly. I or, think I was, this is still early term. I don't want to say that because a late term miscarriage is like really late in the game. Right. This is still yeah. first trimester, but yes. Um, I also was just thinking selfish thoughts like, man, we were almost done with the first trimester and you always feel so good in the second trimester. Yeah. I think we were really banking on like, you know, my first trimesters are really hard. The Lord and his grace, allowed me to not be as nauseous at all this time through. Um, And so that was a huge blessing. But I was still napping every day. I've had no motivation for life (laughs) the last three months. So I've just been like forcing myself to go through the motions. And if you guys like are familiar with how we operate, that's not really how we live life. I feel like Elisha and I are very excitable people and we kind of structure our life around those excitements and so we'll get excited and rev each other up and then be like okay let's do this and we really like push through something and and accomplish a lot and that's kind of how we've just uh made our life happen i guess um and so this was definitely a season where i was just going through the motions and i didn't feel like i could really be there for elisha like anytime he mentioned any idea or anything i just kind of look at him like that sounds way too overwhelming like (laughs) I can't even, I can't even talk about that right now. So that was challenging and, and very discouraging, I'd say, because we just thought we were banking on September again, just being like, okay, that's when I, my energy picks back up. Mm -hmm. And instead we were like, wow, this is, you feel like you put everything, all your body's nutrients, all your energy, emotionally and physically into this child. I know so many of you can relate listening right now. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. So there's the grief. And then there's also just the disappointment from a life standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And up up until that, uh, that third day, I guess, when we were driving home and you started cramping and basically having contractions, that's what it felt like you were. Yeah. I started contracting on the way home. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? This is such a ripoff going through the whole first trimester of, of sickness and of fatigue and tiredness. And then we're going to go through this, uh, the whole labor experience and we we don't get a we don't get a baby out of this. I was like, this really stinks. Yeah. So I mean, it just goes to show how easy it is to feel entitled as a human. Yeah. It, yeah. I was straight up like I wasn't wasn't like mad at God, but I was just like I was more just kind of annoyed. I was like, this is not cool. At this is not cool at all. Yeah. Yeah. So we drove home, and I was like, these are like contractions. And again, I have nothing to base it off of except for I've had live births and so we go home and I was thinking okay maybe I'll like be in the bathroom or something like that 
And these were like hard breathe through contractions, just like my labors are. And so I ended up laying on her bed, just like I do for laboring. Elisha got me my hot water bottle because my back was aching super bad, just like it does in labor. And I just focused on breathing through these cramps, uh, which were definitely contractions. And it was crazy because I just kept thinking, you know, I'm like trying to look back at what I read. And I'm like, everyone's saying like cramps can last for a week or two. Like I cannot do this for a week or two. Like this is labor. And I ended up laboring for three hours. And then I, my contractions changed to pushing contractions just like they do in labor. And I pushed twice. And then I was, I delivered our, um, you know, just all the tissue and the baby was in there. I did not dig through it. I didn't want to see the baby. I could not handle, um, seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but yeah, that, that whole part, I guess, really took me off guard because everyone's experiences could be so different. I talked to my mom, I talked to Elisha's mom. Those are really the two women I talked to aside from, you know, Dr. Google and they both, uh, your mom had had a DNC, I think. And my mom, said oh yeah I just had one contraction and and I miscarried and mm-hmm. that was it and so that's kind of what I was anticipating but it was definitely not that way and it was hard I guess why I'm sharing all this is because it was hard to find information online of women who had a natural miscarriage at around 10 weeks because almost um, every like YouTube story I could find or whatever was just saying I started bleeding. I went right in to the hospital and they gave me a DNC. Hmm. And that's been the experience with my friends and my sister and everything like that. So I thought that that was necessary. Um, and we are totally willing to do that. But it just sounded like more traumatic to me. And so I was like, n- nothing was scaring me up to that point because it had all happened before, you know, like with a live birth. So I was like, we'll just see how this goes. The difference is that it's messy because you're bleeding the whole time. Yeah. Where when you have a live birth, you aren't bleeding while you're going through that three hour, you know, contraction time. Yeah. And Katie, I don't know about you, but what, well, actually, yeah, I'll just ask you, what were your, um, I guess like emotions, because like you said, the first couple of days you said you almost, you would almost call it denial where you just kind of like almost detached maybe, or maybe hoped that it wasn't really happening. Um, or that it wasn't true, but then I don't know. It just seemed, I know for me that night, that was, that was so emotional and so sad that that whole night was just, I mean, straight up one of the saddest nights of my life. And I don't know how you felt just because, because of the whole, because of it being multiple hours of labor, but having zero, nothing to look forward to. Well, I think it was hard because my labors are around three hours. Mm. Like the past couple have been like just under three hours and four hours. Mm -hmm. So it did feel like, oh, this is so sad. Like I go through this and usually, you know, there's just this excitement at the end. And and at the end, it's just, I guess I was looking forward to moving on because it like beginning to heal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like until you've gone through that process, you can't heal. Hmm. And, um, so I think that was, that was something I was definitely looking forward to, but it was really sad. You know, I, after I pushed 
in bed a couple times. You know, I called Elisha. I ran to the bathroom and um, everything came out in my hands. Mm-hmm. And I just like dropped it in the toilet. Like, cause again, I didn't want to like look at everything, but like it's gory, you know, like blood's all over my mm-hmm. hands and my arms and my legs. It's just like, and I just was like bawling mm-hmm. my eyes out. like called Elisha and he helped me and we're just both like bawling there and it's bloody and it's just like so so sad and um yeah like you don't you don't forget something like that when you've been through something like that but I was just so grateful you were there with me and we are able to just like mourn the loss of our child Mm -hmm. you know together and um I'm just so grateful you were there. And I guess it, it was something that I feel like drew us closer. Mm-hmm. Even though it was like a really sad, dark night. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I can't imagine what it was like for you, obviously. Um, like you said, and carrying the baby for you know three months, the better part of three months, and and feeling the, the tax of that. Mm-hmm. And then... You, you know, at that point have so much more of an emotional attachment to the ba- baby. And I think that that's why the emotional f- feelings for the baby didn't come, didn't really get ignited until the whole labor process. And then you pushing and, and you know, kind of seeing, seeing it, you know, yeah. the, the gory version of it, then it, then it dawned on me. But I think you had a lot more emotional attachment even prior to that. Yeah. I think I was mourning like the two days leading up to it. I was just trying to like, process it Mm -hmm. something that was really important to me that i have felt even like i know that there's a big risk of miscarriage when you have a lot of pregnancies and we pray and hoped and we still do for more pregnancies than maybe what's average and so i knew that hey if we're gonna have more kids than average that means there's a higher chance of loss yeah i guess is what i'm trying to say and um and when I was eight years old, I remember the first miscarriage my mom had. And I remember my dad got us all together in a circle and my mom was there. And he just explained one morning at breakfast that my mom lost the baby the night before. It was a miscarriage. We all cried. And then my dad went to work and we started school. And I don't like I'm sure the grief process continued for my mom and my dad. But it was just like. I was able to be light and free and be mm. a child. Yeah. I just remember thinking like we had this sad moment as a family, we were able to mourn and then it was like the baby's in heaven and we get to, you know, pray that the Lord blesses us with more kids. And um, that really stuck in my mind because that was contrasted with uh, later in my adult years, I saw a couple families walk through miscarriage where it just devastated the families. And um, these were first trimester miscarriages and the kids weren't talking to the parents and it was just like the grief saturated their home for months. And that was something that I don't personally, like for me and our home, I did not want my kids to have to go through that Mm. when I lost uh, a child or pregnancy. that was just for me. Like, I just, I don't want them to have to bear that. I think it's healthy to learn how to mourn and process our emotions and grief and um, cry when you need to cry and all those things. Uh, Not just like stuff down things and pretend it's okay. But I also really wanted them to be able to have this perspective and for me to have this perspective. So I really wanted the kids to have this perspective as I wanted to have this perspective that like, 
to live is Christ, to die is gain. If it's truly like, if the baby is truly with the Lord, it doesn't have to experience suffering or pain on earth. And we get to process that loss here for us. But ultimately, um, it's better for that child. Like the Lord in his sovereignty called that baby home. And so that doesn't mean we always feel that way in the moment. But I just wanted to repeat those truths to myself because I think with stuff like this, it's it's so easy for grief, healthy grief and healthy mourning to become self-pity and why me? And I didn't want to go there. Like I wanted to mourn, but I didn't want to like begrudge the decision that God had made hmm. or wallow in sadness past a point that was healthy. Yeah. I don't, I, I know that's different for every person, but that's something that we have really little kids and I just, I wanted to process it through as much on my own as I could mm-hmm. so that um, it wasn't too overbearing for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I think like you said, overpowering, sorry. What'd you say? Not overbearing, overpowering. Overpowering. <laughs> uh, especially if you can, do it based off of the of biblical truth you know like you said to live is christ to die is gain um you know these these like the the baby's physical body died well you you told and like yeah that actually was game changing in the uh well that was hard for me honestly like that was a big time yeah it just seemed so like human like Like it was just like you saw the baby it was and i was just like what's going on i just put it in the toilet because i was there and it was like it was just a mess and i wasn't really thinking about it and then it was like down there and then i was feeling terrible like i just dropped everything down the toilet and elisha was like katie like this the baby's body's down there but its soul's already with the lord like it's gone it's not in the toilet and i think that that was something that like really was just like gate brought me so much peace in that moment like that's right like the baby like the soul is already rejoicing with the lord mm-hmm. i don't have to it's not here in the toilet and because when you just focus on that like the physical thing that you're looking at and the loss it just seems like what a terrible existence yes you know yeah yeah i mean that again that was hard i was like talking myself through that, I think that entire time. Cause I was like, wait a second, like what is going on right now? That's our baby's body down there. And I said, be like, no, our, but our baby's not down there. Mm-hmm. Like the, and, and then you just apply it to your own self. Just like these physical bodies, like the, when, when the, these are going to die and it's like, and we go to heaven and that's what happened with our baby. The baby died. And, and honestly, I don't care what happens to my body. Once my body dies. No, you know, no, like I don't care. I, I don't care what goes on with my body once it's dead, um, and so, yeah, that was and, uh, and like you've said numerous times, it's nuts because, like you said, statistically, you know that this is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's likely. You know, I it's going to happen. It's like one in four. And so, when you think of how many times we've been pregnant and how many times we we would like to get pregnant. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, well, yeah, that's going to happen in our life. Um, but it's crazy when it happens. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter how like statistically like how likely much it's it up is. Here. Like you feel it. You yeah. can't help but feel it. And also just, yeah, exactly. You feel in your own state and then you start feeling like, boy, the number of people we can count just like off the bat that have been through miscarriages mm-hmm. much Bar, further along, yeah, you know, that have still births. Yeah, like, exactly. I cannot that have go full, imagine that. Yeah, gone full term. And you're just trying to think through like, 
that is terrible. Like that is that is so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not to mention, yeah, exactly. And then you just start going through the hardships of life. You know, losing a child um, that's out of the womb. You know, and I don't know. It's crazy how like statistics are so impersonal. You say, you know, say it is one out of four. You're like, oh well, one out of four babies are miscarried. Well, that stat doesn't really bring you that much comfort in that moment. It's not like, no. oh, okay, so that, thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> I'm one, I'm the one in the four, this is the one in the four. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's like, yeah, when you find out people you know are getting a divorce, you don't just say, oh, well, it's not really sad because 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's just sad, you know, when you're in, when you're in the midst of it. You know? Yeah, and you can't, you know, I've, I've seen sisters have miscarriages and close friends have miscarriages and like as sad as you are for someone else it's like i don't know i just experience it's different to go through it yeah and it's just like wow you just you it's just totally it's way harder than i thought again when i would hear like oh it's a seven seven week miscarriage or a 10 week miscarriage or something it's kind of like oh well it's first trimester you know it's like first trimester like you're so attached to that child at that point in time like especially oh my word the hardest thing guys was telling the kids after that night right so the next day i'm like we have to tell the kids or we told them somewhere around there yeah and i think it was the next day it was just that was so so sad because like the kids attached to my baby way earlier than I ever remember attaching to a baby that my mom had or you know they'd talk to it and be like it's gonna know my voice when it comes out and they would make things for it and they were just you know Leon was just like there are not enough kids in this family that baby needs to come out (laughs) and still every day he says I just wanted to have five kids I wanted our family to have five kids and so they were so sad and I think that that's and they still are you Mm -hmm. know they come up every day but it's but I'm really grateful I guess for obviously we have really happy days but then I'd probably say once a day one of the kids still comes up to me and goes, I'm so sad our baby died, you mm-hmm. know? Just say, yeah, like, it's with Jesus, and we need, let's pray for another one. Mm-hmm. You know, let's pray he gives us another one. But, um, yeah, it kind of was funny timing. Not funny timing. It was a disappointment in timing, but it ended up being a blessing with the reunion. Well, yeah, we were getting geared up the night, or, yeah, the morning after you ended up doing the actual miscarriage and, and like having the contractions and pushing and, and like passing the baby. Um, we were going to leave that next morning at like five in the morning. Yeah. We so even though again, since even though I was bleeding, we were like, we really wanted to go to this reunion because it doesn't happen very often. And it, it was a 13 hour road trip, but I was like, I'll just be sitting down in the car the whole time. And I'm so glad God and his grace had, me pass the baby before that happened because that oh, would yeah. have been such a bummer to do on the road or oh, at yeah. you know at a campground somewhere anyways yeah. and so that was a big blessing but then i was just so sad about the timing of that because i wasn't able to get together with these relatives that i only see every few years and but it actually ended up being a blessing like now that i'm a week apart you know removed removed from it even though it was really sad we weren't able to do that uh elisha and i had done all of our work for i mean especially you but i'd done filmed instagram stuff and we'd done podcasts and stuff prior to the miscarriage 
And so we were able to just take this last week off. And even though you guys were seeing us, we were just, you weren't seeing us real time. And so that was a blessing to just be able to not have to worry about anything uh, and just take time off and, yeah. and grieve in our own ways and not have to talk to people. And uh, so that was a, a blessing mm-hmm. that the Lord gave us and that we were prepared, even though we didn't know what we were preparing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting too. just, um, I mean, I think we talked about this, Katie, babe, like how much of our just own plans were so based off of the timing of the baby Mm-hmm. And like you said, even getting through the first trimester and then and then we're going to do these different business things during the second trimester because you've got all this energy and then we'll do these things in the third trimester because we're going to be really kind of hunkering down in the winter before the baby comes. Um, this is our most planned child. <laughs> yeah. And that was just so... Ironically. Yeah. Humbling because we haven't talked i mean yeah it's been a while since we talked about birth control but we did an episode on birth control but basically this last pregnancy um was the most like intentional we had ever been meaning like we had we wanted to try to space out as completely naturally um between lawrence between our fourth and the next one and um and completely naturally completely USDA naturally a organic yeah <laughs> I don't, what do you call that? It's like it's, Free range, grass grown, all the stickers. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny the way you said it, so I'm teasing. Um, yeah, like I'm not trying to, like, I, but I'm saying, I don't want to go into like how we do our stuff because we've done episodes on that and like. No, yeah. So like, we, and so the point is, it, it is not basically a part. the month we got pregnant was the month we wanted we to wanted get pregnant. We wanted to get pregnant. Exactly. It was also like. We want to get pregnant here. Oh, we got pregnant here. Perfect. We want the first trimester to be over here. Perfect. The first trimester is ending. Yeah. We're going into fall. Everything's on track. Everything's going perfectly. And the Lord was just like, hey, guys, I'm the one who opens the womb. I'm the one who closes the womb. Yeah. Babies are a gift from me. Yeah. And I choose when they come into your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's probably not that ironic that this all happened because, uh, it is just a beautiful, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord is so faithful to us and I don't feel it was a punishment. I don't feel like it was anything like that, but I just feel like the Lord is so faithful to remind us when we need reminding, uh, or to bring to mind in moments like that's right, Lord, like you are sovereign, you yeah. know what happens and who are we to think that we have life all figured out and we know the perfect time to have a baby mm-hmm. and it's just it's very humbling in the best kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because even prior to getting pregnant with our fifth, I think that I, I had been through maybe the most, um, the most, uh, turmoil in our marriage regarding a big family. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if it was just a particular season where the logistics of the four kiddos and work and life and everything was kind of starting to get me, get to me a little bit. Being out in public was becoming more complicated yeah, for that the, season, especially I think just the age of Lawrence and Lewis at that time, mm-hmm. like eating out or, you know, things that we'd enjoyed were like, okay, this is like, everyone's looking at us right now, you know? Yeah. And there's like the likelihood of a meltdown and the likelihood of a stinky diaper and the likelihood of whatever an accident mm-hmm. just is was so increased and i hated that it was going out of my heart but i couldn't deny that like i was full-on having conflict in my heart like boy do i want 
a big family. Like this is a logistical, or even another baby, another baby. Like yeah. this is a logistical challenge with these kiddos. Like maybe the, like the thought of like, maybe we just can get these kids raised, you know, get them all out of diapers. Like if they were, you start thinking like if they could only, if they, like, they could all walk, if they could all get themselves buckled up, if they were all potty trained through the night, think about how like simpler life would be and we could travel and we could all fly on an airplane and they could carry their own bag and stuff. And, um, sounds nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was starting to really wonder like, boy, is that like, do I really want another kiddo? And I, and I hated that I was having that conflict because I, I do value children and I just think they're such a gift from the Lord. And I think that that yeah, is, it really like, took me off. Gu- that season really took me off guard. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say that I even had that no. conflict. But the Lord definitely worked with me, and I was just so pumped to, for our fifth kiddo. Like, I was just so all in, and still in, but like, I just was so like, man, I want to spend the next, uh, what, you know, I don't care how logistically challenging the next, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years are. I want it to go into my kiddos and I want it to go into how many kiddos the Lord chooses to bless us with. Like I want my energy to go into that and my time and my talents and my creativity. I want that to be where it's directed. And I was so all in. And so it was just once again, humbling because to, just to think back to like, boy, this was the baby that I was questioning whether or not I even wanted, you know, like mm-hmm. six months ago. And then I was stoked and, and I just thought it was in my control and we thought it was in our control. Like, okay, is it up? If should we choose to pursue this, and should we choose to have another baby? And then I get so attached to it, and you get so excited with the idea of it, and it's like, boy, our lives are not our own. Mm-hmm. You know, like our days are so numbered by the Lord. We are, we you know, we belong to Him, and if we we get to be used for His purposes and for His glory. And I want to just lean into that and trust into him. And, and as much as I was leaning into maybe the identity of being the father of five kiddos and being all hands on deck um, as a dad and just like having that be where I spend my youth, I think the Lord just made it clear to me. He's like, boy, you're leaning into that. Like you really just need to be leaning into me first and foremost, like mm-hmm. for all, for forever. Like that's where the one thing you can count on in this life is that like I am sovereign and I'm, and I'm good. Like be close to me and, and attach yourself, get attached to me. Mm-hmm. Don't not to the idea of being, you know, the dad of a big family or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just the Lord can use anything to grow us and stretch us. And he has his purposes and he has his reasons. And it is kind of interesting, just like the journey we've been on. Cause I felt the same way about pregnancy. You know, I just did not want to be pregnant, and I was so excited to be pregnant uh, with this baby. And Dad, it wasn't it wasn't right. It wasn't the right timing. And we don't even know. Like the Lord's already used this child in Elisha's in my life, and this loss of this child in our life. Just the emotional roller coaster it's been has brought about growth in us in our relationship with the Lord and it woke me up to just like I've been putting my time and energy so many other places and strategizing and scheming my life and like I just need to be leaning into the Lord and be totally just open to what he has and flexible to what he has and listening for his voice instead of trying to figure it all out on on my own or on our own and um 
yeah, I think it just was a really good wake-up call and a reminder that our children are given to us for a time, like their days are numbered, our days are numbered, and he knows what that purpose is, and it doesn't always make sense to us. I think I really struggled the first uh, few days just being like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I have a miscarriage at this stage in the game? Like, Mm. I'm really healthy. Uh, We've never had this happen before. Like, why right now? It doesn't make any sense that I, like, pour all this energy into this baby and then the baby gets taken away and I have nothing, no energy and no baby, you know? Uh, Instead of just being like, the Lord knows. He created that life and that wasn't accidental. And um, I think something that really helped take me out of kind of the spiral we were talking about sometimes it's helpful with grief to just have quiet times i feel like or or long stretches of time where you're able to be quiet and process because sometimes you could just ride the same cycle around and around and around and just think like i'm disappointed because of this and i'm bummed because of this and i don't have the baby and i'm feeling this loss instead of like continuing those thoughts through and starting to see what could potentially be the good in it or what we can focus on past this cycle of grief, you know, like, okay, well, what does the Lord have before us? He didn't have the baby. So what is he trying to share with us? What is he, what is he trying to open our eyes to now that we have this time freed up? What should we reconsider? You know, where Mm -hmm. should we put our energy? And I think for me, the biggest thing was just, um, seeing my four kiddos, that the Lord has blessed us with Uh and their faces. And it's just like, wow, Lord, like there is so much work right here before me to do. And the heart of man's never satisfied. I was hoping for another child and I wanted to be the mom of five, but look at these four. Like I could devote my life to pouring into these four children. And I think that that just really took my mind off of what was lost over this last week. And I've just shifted that energy into, okay, what can I do with the children set before me? Because I don't know how long I have these children. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their purpose is here on this earth. They're the Lords. How am I stewarding them? And just kind of, I guess, changing my perspective to what's what's before me and what I can do. And that's just been really rich, just even the past two or three days, um, having that perspective. And I feel like the Lord's been gracious to give me excitement for the future with the kiddos that he has right here in our home right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when you start, you know, giving yourself time to kind of finish a thought all the way through or to process it, um, I think this is the conversation we had a couple of days ago. But we were talking about how, you know, there was a couple day period here, you know, recently where I think you and I both simultaneously had just kind of lost all energy and excitement and zeal for life. Yeah. We were bummed. I mean, you were physically obviously depleted. You you were, you know, still are going through the ramifications physically of the miscarriage. Um, and of course, emotionally. And, uh, and, and it's just like the wind had just completely been taken out of our sails. We're like this just a hundred percent stinks. Like there's Yeah. It's like just our whole stinks. vision for this whole year is yeah, over. It, just, it ends like, now. Like everything. It's yeah. like the baby 
and also everything else we had planned. Like nothing lines up anymore with yeah. our little pregnancy schedule. And I think that, I don't know how long it actually was, but to be in that spot of like, well, okay, well, nothing in life excites me right now. Nothing, none of the you know, homeschooling is not as exciting to you. You know, like the podcast isn't as exciting or business. You're just kind of like, no, things just aren't exciting to me. And you have to force yourself to ask the question like, okay, well, is that why I was living in the first place to do things I was mm-hmm. excited about these specific things? And you have to go back and you, and you ultimately always do fall back on your theology you know, how, uh, regardless of how biblical or, or, or grounded it is, you fall back on whatever that theology is. Okay, well, who is God? What was his purpose in creating mankind? Who am I? Am I a blood-bought child of God? I am. Do I, who do I belong? I belong to him. Who are my kids? They belong to him. What's my purpose here on this earth? Does it need to make sense to me, you know, in this moment? And the Lord's gracious to, like, not let that season last for very long, but it, like you said, you finish that thought all the way through and you come back around to, you know what, clearly the only, the purpose for me in this life wasn't just to be excited about, you know, having five kids and matching clothes, you know, and then having them all play piano together or whatever the thing was <laughs> that you were excited about. Five um, pianos. That's what I was excited about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can go back to that like theological truth of why we're created, who created us, who's in control. And then, you know, as best as you can start to rebuild from there versus yes, like you just yes. said, okay, there I'm bummed because the baby's dead and the baby's gone. Okay. That's not, I can't undo the baby's dead and gone. So if that's the thing that's bumming me out, there's no remedy for that yes. because like, and that's what the cer- so cycle you have felt to go like. Like, down like thought process to the bottom and be like, there's nothing here for me at the bottom. You know, like the only way out is to surrender this to the Lord and to see what he has in store for me. But like, there's no, even though we're going to go through the ramifications of mourning, like it will hit at random times. We're all just like tear up, Mm -hmm. real tear up. But it's like, it's not just looking to earthly things and this life on earth and other people's lives on earth and the baby's life on earth and just seeing that as an end all. Mm -hmm. I know that's not really what you're saying, but it's like a side comment to what yeah. you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely, I think, just kind of getting into like the different thought process you and I have had to, yeah. in processing all this. Clearly. Uh-huh. Well, we've probably done that yeah. very differently. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say it's been just, I've been so inspired by you, Katie, and grateful for you with just how you've handled this with so much faith, ultimately. And, um, yeah, just steadfastness in your walk, you know, um, it, you just, you, you've maintained, and it's from the Lord, but you've maintained, uh, maintained, um, emotional stability through it, you know, even of course you processed, you know, and, but you, you never, um, you were an amazing mom and wife through all of it, you know, to your current kids. Oh. Um, and I think that is a testament to where your hope ultimately was, mm-hmm. um, and where you could find your grounding and your, um, rest and your comfort. Um, because yeah, even in the midst of this, you've had the, you've dealt with it, but not once is it like, Oh man, you're a goners, you know, like you were, you sought the Lord, you processed it and you were, you know, kind and loving to me and the kiddos. And I admire that big time. Well, you're really gracious to me. 
because I think little things would be big things to me for sure, or have been this last week. But I will be real. I do feel like, um, again, after seeing so many women go through miscarriage before actually experiencing it myself, I think I was so relieved and grateful that it didn't affect our marriage in a negative way. And we were able to grieve together. And even if we grieve differently and we process differently, we were able to talk about what we were going through together and where we were at together. And I felt like totally supported the whole time. And I also felt like um, you were open with me with what you were experiencing or what your thoughts were, your frustrations. And I mean, at least that's what I thought. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> no, but. Uh, and I just really felt like I didn't feel like this pitted us against each other. Yeah, I and never felt like that either. I just felt like, hey, we're both walking through this uh, this loss, and I'm so grateful you're here with me. And I think because we haven't experienced any loss that close to us, uh, like this, where it affects both of us, I think I've been scared, like, well, what will happen? You know, will yeah. I blame him for it? Well, I feel like he's not sensitive to me. Will he feel like I'm a wreck and, you know, he can't handle my emotions? And uh, so I've just been really grateful for you and your stability in uh, this whole experience, but also the way that you've let down and grieved too. And it hasn't just been like, what's well, a big deal, my button, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been really. Yeah, you're right, Katie, that like we just have not been tried and tested in, in the area of loss. The Lord has been extremely gracious yeah. to us and just, um, yeah, having us not go through tragic loss yeah, for, for I people just, close to I us. Wanna you know? have, I, I think that's one of my biggest fears is that not that it happens, but that I don't respond well when it happens. I just like I want to have open hands I want to have open hands because sometimes our lives I look at them and we have down times and we have dark times and we have frustrating times and all those but like I hear the things that people walk through and I'm just like Lord I've gone through nothing like that yeah and um, like if you take me through something like that like please just have me respond well because mm -hmm. um, obviously this is such a, a minor thing compared to a minor grief compared to well, I'm sure so many of our listeners have gone through mm -hmm. like so anyways yeah. well anyways so yeah. I want to draw else. closer to you yes. in those times yeah. and I'm, the Lord in His grace allowed that to happen through this so anyways we've probably talked for a really long time but we're grateful for you all and um, grateful that we could share this with you and again it's not like we're going to share you know if this happens multiple times in our lives and like we'll always talk through every time or whatever you know but i'm grateful we were able to talk through this with you guys today yes. all right you guys talk to you soon bye-bye